We're super excited. We have Joanna Blake this week. I don't know if you guys heard us at the end of last week's episode. We were so excited. Because I read so many. Like, I pulled up my Kindle, and I was like, there's so many of our books Just pages and pages and pages. Yeah. Yeah. So, and she really helped us out. I think I mentioned it last week, too. We had an author that just, their schedule got flipped around, and with school and everything else that's going on, they just couldn't meet the deadline. So we were able to bump them. And Joanna came in and she wrote this story in like a day or two and got it edited and back to us and to the narrator super, super fast. So she really, really helped us out with this. It was perfect timing. Like the day the first author emailed me was the day she emailed and asked. She was like, hey, what do I got to do to be on the podcast? And I was like, turns out (laughs) you're on it. In just a few weeks. How about that? just a few weeks look at that look at you doing your thing so she's brought us a book this week called jaken and i'll read you like her book bio and about this book and everything else in between but we've got some good stuff to talk about this week we got juicy stuff so all right mel you want to you want to start with our um drama last night <laughs> oh never good so about in my yeah about men inboxing other women. I, I would love to know. And so, and if the, you're listening to this and you have an opinion on it, send it to us because I'm, I'm really curious what it is. So just to sort of set it up, I had a, a guy friend that I went to, we went to college together almost 20 years ago. That's how fucking old I am. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I was, I was 20 years old when I met him. I mean, and I'm 40. So yeah. it was 20 years ago. We were friends. I mean, while we were there a couple years, like we all hung out in the same sort of friend group. He actually got married like way before us, like right away. And we're like, oh my God, he's an adult. Like, you know, it was super nice. Like I never had any issues with him. Like he came out to my house, like for our graduation party. And anyways, so over the years, um, obviously we were, we were friends on Facebook and, um, Over the years, our opinions had begun to separate on, like, either political or social or whatever it is, like, women's rights, things like that. I just did not align with him on it. So I removed him from Facebook. I've I've done several. If you've been here a while, I've done several purges. You know about (laughs) them where I've, like, gone through, removed every single person and either added them back or not. So he was in one of my purges in 2017. And when it happened, he wrote me a message and said that he was, he was really pissed that I did it and why I did it. And That's because so I explained, weird. Yeah. Well, and I explained to him, I said, you know, we were friends for a long time and I don't want to lose that friendship just because we don't align politically. Like, and I wrote this really, I even went back and read it the other day when all this shit went down. And so it was like, I was really nice about it. I said, you know, I respect you as a person. And I really, I think your family's awesome. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to ruin our friendship because of this. So instead, I'm just going to remove you from Facebook and we can talk in other ways. Like you can call me, we can message, like whatever. I mean, like I just left it like that. And he's like, okay, you know, whatever. But since then he would send me like really, um, 
I don't want to say like aggressive, but like obnoxious. That's the word. Really obnoxious political memes. He would just randomly send them to me over the years. No message, no talking, no nothing. Just send them to me. And my response would always be, hope you and your family are doing well. Because my thoughts were, just don't engage. Like, it's not worth it. Don't engage. Obviously, we have come to the end of our friendship. That's cool. Whatever. So the other day, he sent me one, and I just had enough. And so I blocked him, and I messaged his wife, and I said, I said, your husband's sending me messages. It's inappropriate, and I want it to stop. He's blocked me, or I said, I've blocked him. It's over. It's done. I don't want to hear from any of you again. And then it went from there, and it was just like an absolute shit show. It got crazy aggressive extremely fast. Yeah, yeah, real, real fast. And not from her. Like, that was what surprised me. It wasn't her. But, you know, this this other guy that we had, a, we had a mutual friend in common that I haven't talked to in 20 years and because he's an asshole. And so he was messaging me, like, calling me a fat bitch, saying, like, I do cocaine. Like, I mean, he just... He's like, I'm going to so, call your employer and tell him you're a drug addict. Yeah. Okay, I can't gonna, wait for this call. <laughs> <laughs> he said he was going to call my employer and tell him I do cocaine. That's like, Mel is going to be so excited to watch me pee in a cup. <laughs> but it's just, I could not believe, number one, the audacity of a man that, one of which I haven't spoke to in 20 years. Just, was, it wasn't just that. He's like sent a barrage of most of things of threats yeah that threatened yeah, really violence threats. before you even like it was just crazy the amount that, of text that came through so fast and so mm-hmm. mean and it crazy was so fucked up and so like and in again like the my former friend it was his wife that i messaged and i wasn't friends with her on facebook because i don't know her i never met her and even in our friendship i never met her so I messaged her and I said, you need, like, she needed to handle this. Yeah. Because I kept thinking, how would I respond to this? If a woman told me, your husband is sending me aggressive, obnoxious memes all the time for the past four years. Four years he's done this. And I just think, like, if my husband did that over a four-year period, I'd want to punch him myself. I know. Like, what the, I feel like, what the fuck are you doing, you idiot? Why are you harassing a woman? Yes, it's inappropriate. Yes, that's a dick thing to do. Leave her the fuck alone. It's nuts. I would lose my mind. And, you know, to the wife's credit, she just asked me, like, what happened? Like, basically, she was very calm and cool about it. But I think she missed like the whole fucking point of it because at the end of it, she was like, what's just really sad to see two, two people have been friends this long, um, you know, fall out. And I was like, no, 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 no. We didn't fall out. Your husband's an asshole. that's not like you don't you're not seeing the woods for the trees she wasn't like shocked by the messages that got sent to you oh i don't think he had them i think he deleted them because he was embarrassed um yeah i mean the message that his friend sent you on his behalf she didn't even comment on it i sent the screenshots of the other guy that sent that called me all these horrible names and stuff and threatened me and my family. Like I sent all of that to her and she didn't even comment on it. Like didn't even acknowledge it. 
And I was just, I just told her, I said, you need to leave me the fuck alone. And so that all of you leave me the fuck alone. It's crazy. Like, what is, okay. So I want to know, like, if you're listening to this, not, you know, I, I you probably have an opinion on this whole situation. I want to know, when can a man message a woman? I Like, it's when so is it okay? Because I can't think of a reason it's okay. <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to be so old school, though. You know, be like, boys and girls aren't friends. You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> but at the same time, I grew up like, I don't have any friends. I have one friend that's a boy. Mm-hmm. But I've met him through my husband, pretty much. Mm-hmm. He's mm-hmm. lived with us. He's like an uncle to my kids. And I don't even talk, talk, talk to him on text message or anything like that. Yeah. So yeah. to me, it's just... I would not be okay if Rob came home and was like, oh, I met this girl and now we're friends. Like, <laughs> you know, no. it's kind of different. Like, I mean, like I said, when we were in college, I mean, we we all hung out in the same friend group, you know? So, like, it, it was really strange that it wasn't odd that we were friends. It was strange that he kept messaging me, but not saying anything. Like, just posting, like, really obnoxious political memes with no text, you know? It's just aggressive. And well, he's and trying I to have, trigger you. To be fair, though, I have another guy friend that I, that we were all in the same friend group. Like, there was a big group of us. Like, it was probably 50-50 guys and girls. One of the guys is still one of my great friends. But I'm friends with his wife. And when I talk to them, I usually go through her. Because yeah. it's like, hey, do you guys want to go to dinner? Like, I haven't seen you guys in a while. Or whatever it is. Like, we're still friends. I was at their wedding. They were at ours. Like, we're, you know, that's cool. But, like, I don't know. I, I just, I don't know. When is it? Like, at what point do you just say, fuck you? I don't know. I just think because, it's so weird. You guys were friends 20 years ago. He's sending you mess. I don't care what kind of messages. It's weird. Yeah. And he's all up in your box. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, should I have messaged the wife this? Because I felt like it, he just wasn't getting it. For four years, he wasn't getting it. I would want to know. Yeah. I, think, I would, that's where I think that's where I sat, was that I said, if it were me and it was my husband, I'd want to know. I would 100% want to know everything. And I'd want to see screenshots. But I also don't think that my husband would slide up in somebody's DMs all aggressive Fuck like no. to a woman. Oh my, I would love for my husband to slide in somebody's DMs. I would slide a knife across his dick. <laughs> We sliding somewhere? Okay, let's do it. Let's slide. <laughs> so I don't, I don't, that just blows my mind. Mm-hmm. But maybe I'm so, naive or something. I don't know. You know, I was watching, I like to watch shows I've watched already, and I've been watching mm-hmm. Marriage Boot Camp over from like the beginning. Yeah. And I'm on like season three or four or whatever. And one of them, like on Lie Detector Day, all of them, the questions were about infidel and cheating and stuff. Oh, it's like, Yeah, yeah. I was like, if it was lie detector day, I don't feel like that would not have been the question that popped in my head. What? That if you cheated? Yeah. No, I'd never ask that. Like, that number one, I wouldn't like, want to know. Well, <laughs> like, I probably even if know, and I don't, I don't, I really don't think he ever has. Like, it yeah, hasn't, yeah. like, really, that ever had been a problem. It wouldn't be mm-hmm. the question. But everybody else, I'm like, what is, with, why is this everybody's questions? Nobody trusts each other? Yeah, yeah. I don't think I would ask it because I, I 100% believe he wouldn't and hasn't. But I honestly wouldn't want to know. Like, there'd be questions I just would never want the answer to. Like, you know what? Die with your secret. You take that with you. I don't need that burden. 
Like when people do that, I've, you know, I've always said this about cheating. I feel like if you have an indiscretion, it's a one-time thing. It doesn't mean anything. It was a big fucked up mistake. The only reason yeah. you're telling someone is to unburden yourself. Yep. That's And that's selfish. And you have fucked up your relationship because you're selfish. You Two let times. that shit eat you by yeah. yourself. That's right. That's right. You let it eat you alive for the rest of your life. Sit with it. Because it's not that person's fault. And like I said, if you fucked up twice, if you tell them that you did it, just yeah. let it go. Let it die with you. <laughs> I feel better talking about this, though. But, yeah, I mean, it's just, like, I, I don't understand. Like, I just, I don't know. I just didn't think that the messages were appropriate. I don't know if I should have reacted differently. I'm curious to know what other lady listeners would have done in this situation. Like, would you just have blocked this guy, like, a year ago and you just know, been like, fuck this does, asshole? It's so, it's a hard topic. So, like I said, things have changed. And I remember, like, watching a show one time and – some like a, a man and a woman got into it about something and she was like i'm not fighting with you about this you need to talk to my husband do you just talk to my husband? and i'm like and one of the girls is like why would she need to you talk to fucking me yeah yeah and the other one's mm-hmm. like no i'm not arguing with a man yeah so i'm like yeah. would it you know times has changed at one hand i'm like i'm not that you're you are you scare me you're aggressive you're yeah, a man fighting yeah. with mm-hmm. you but at the other time i'm like i can fight for myself mm-hmm. it's like yeah. I don't know. I think it depends on the person in that situation too. Like what's your relationship with that person? Like I wouldn't be afraid to have an argument with one of my like best guy friends. Like, you know, my I've said before, I know my daughter's godfather, his he's gay and like him and his partner are our best friends and I am not afraid to argue with him. Like, yeah. I'm like let's go, bitch. But, but you know, he's like my brother. So I don't, I don't know if there's just a difference in like a guy and a girl being friends and having that argument. But like, I will say, so the guy who accused me of doing cocaine, um, <laughs> he actually messaged, my husband messaged him because I sent my husband the messages that he sent me and he was like, nope, not tonight. And so he's like, this is not going to go over well. So I know. He, I was worried when you were like, I told Kevin. I'm like, oh, God. Oh, shit. I know. I was like, fuck. Maybe because I, I will say have. this. The messages I read are enough mm-hmm. to get a restraining order. Yeah. Yeah. They were really Without violent. a doubt, if you would have took those down to the police station, they would have given you up. Mm-hmm. But so this fucking idiot like messaged my husband and basically is like, hey, let's have a man to man conversation He's about so why your wife. Yeah, like why your wife's a bitch. Let's talk about that. And my husband was just like, what the fuck? He was like, you're going to sit there and call her all these names and accuse her of all these horrible things. And then you're going to be like. And you're going to come to me and be like, hey, let's have a rational conversation about this. Now that you've trashed this woman, now that you've aggressively broken down a woman like or tried to, let's just say that he tried to. I laughed because he said like he was going to do all this. He was going to like, you know, I don't know. Like there was just going to be like repercussions. And I was like, what's he going to do? Tell my mom? <laughs> He's like, you have seven days. To do an to apology and a written apology. I'm like, what is happening here? I'm like, or I will oh. ruin your life. I'm like, and then your it, husband, Kevin, said, you're a DJ at a strip club. Nobody's scared of you. <laughs> yeah, he did mention his job was he was a DJ at a strip club. He threw that I in was there. Dying. <laughs> I was like, what the? Like this was just shit you could not make up. I swear to God. 
And, you know, the the only thing I was sorry about was his inability to spell anything correctly. Yeah, you had to <laughs> decipher through the text messages. I know, it was so funny. I'm like, don't the phones correct these? Like, it was, like, completely spelled wrong. Not, like, the wrong word, like, the phone tried to fix it. It was, like, com- it was- I'm like, your phone doesn't even look let this shit slide usually <laughs> your phone's like are you okay <laughs> oh my god i should i should like crop them and share some of these text messages because they're just so fucked up <laughs> but it was just it's just so crazy how he tried to come rationally at your it's like he has two different yeah. the way he speaks to a woman one way and the way he'll speak yeah. to your husband is a yeah. different way it's mind-blowing yeah. and disgusting mm-hmm. So, you know, and I talked to LB about this last night because she, like, is in the same friend group or we all used to be. And so when I sent her the really aggressive text from the other friend, she was just like, oh, my God, maybe you should just apologize. Like, because she's like, I'm really afraid because we know this guy's crazy. Like, he could be capable of something. Do I think he is? No, I think he's fucking nuts. But I don't think he actually would do something. If I die and this is the last podcast we do, <laughs> just know that uh, I didn't think it was going to happen. No, but um, I just said, like, I said, I don't have anything to be sorry about. And I'm not going to say it. And I said, and it's fucked up that we as women Get are being scared. pressured. Yeah. Like, and, and being pressured into apologize so that we don't make a man mad. Because originally, yep. this guy was sending me obnoxious, aggressive messages on facebook for four years for four years he did this and wouldn't stop and i let it go and i let it go and i let it go and then one time i say something all of a sudden i'm a bitch yep and i need to apologize yeah like fuck that you know like i'm too i'm so fucking tired of women being put into this box where they just need to shut up yep or bullied (sighs) aggressively because they're scared yeah. Because it is almost a... S- Until they just shut up. Yeah. It's sad. Yeah. It just, it made me really mad. But I just, again, I would just be curious to know what someone else would have done in the situation. Like, where this happening. Like, maybe I should have just blocked him a long time ago. But it was one of those things, like, it didn't happen often, you know, but it was just enough for me to be like, whatever. Like, roll my eyes, delete the message, whatever. Just go about my day. So, I don't know. It was just so strange. But, so that was my night last night. (laughs) I did want to say that I went home this weekend. I went to my old stomping grounds. And one thing I did, Mel, you would be so proud of me. Or you'd be so excited. I went to, there's this, like, mom and pop, like, hibachi place Mm -hmm. that's in my, this back home. I went there and I bought a, like, styrofoam to-go cup full of their shrimp sauce like you know like the pink sauce or whatever theirs is the best i've ever had in my life and everywhere else we have it we're like it's not as good as tommy's like it's not as good as that place so like we went home and i I walked in the restaurant like i didn't even eat there i just walked in and said can i buy some of your sauce and they were like uh sure and they were like we have a to-go cup and i was like fill it up (laughs) and they were were like is three dollars okay i was like sold (laughs) like three fucking dollars oh my god it was so good i brought it home and then like when we got here we ordered hibachi from the place here and we poured that sauce like all over like oh my god this is so good (laughs) it. it was amazing yeah yeah 
So, but it was, it was also good too. you know, I got to see my parents and my, my sister was there and their family and, and, you know, um, my best friend and his husband, they came and it was, it was a great weekend. Like we had a little cookout and just to see them for like, I mean, it was literally like 24 hours. I got to see them before they came home, but my parents are, um, they're going on a trip. So I'm nervous about it for them, but Where are they going? they're going to Alaska. Oh, okay. They're doing a cruise. Yeah, they've had it booked for a while now. But um, so they have to all provide vaccine cards mm-hmm. in order to get on the boat. And they all have to provide negative two negative COVID tests, one a week and one two days before they go or three days before they go. So I feel like in the mass are required the whole time. So I feel like it's the most. It sounds safe. Yeah. I mean, you can only do what you can do. And that's know, the most you can do. That's yeah, I was like, that's literally do. the most that they could do. And they're all doing it. And, you know, my, my parents are really careful. So I'm just, my dad just keeps saying like, oh my God, I hope they don't cancel this cruise. I hope they don't cancel it. Because they love to travel. Mm-hmm. Like, they're such travelers. And, you know, to not have traveled in almost two years, it's been crazy. So, like. You know, they're just chomping at the bit to go somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I got to get out of this house. So, so yeah, I'm excited for them. So, I wanted to see them. This was like the mark where, okay, they can't see anybody after this weekend. That's yeah. it. So, so now they had to like kind of isolate themselves and make sure they get their negative tests and all that good stuff before they go. So, I was like, all right, I'm going to just come down Friday after I pick the kids up and I'm going to come home Sunday. So, yeah, it was really nice to see them and fun. So, did you do anything good this weekend? No, Did you like, read anything? No, I was watching the marriage boot camp and stuff. <laughs> oh, what was the show you were telling about? Telling me about that's on Discovery. Is it P- not Pineville? It's like it starts with a P. Plainsville. I don't know if I'm saying it what right. What is that? It's a show on TLC that is about this family, this mom and dad. They like raise their kids. They homeschool them. And they get this reality show, and there's, like, eight kids or something like that. Jesus. And, like, the t- oldest kid is married, and they, like, hate the wife. And these kids are kind of – you're watching these kids grow up. Mm-hmm. But I've never seen it. I, watch, I like, binge the whole thing. And if you've watched it, you see this oldest son. Mm-hmm. I watched it with, with Rochelle Page, actually. Oh, nice. There is, like, this arc where he does, like – he's married or whatever and at first you're like come on you can't you need to stand up to these parents or what your Mm -hmm. parents are done and just like at the end of season two you get there and he almost fist fights his dad for his wife holy shit yes like and this boy is like mr do right to see him he had like this hero arc oh that's like to watch him grow he went from Mm -hmm. like a boy who was very sheltered and mm-hmm. believes, like, they don't even let them go to church. That's how sheltered they are. Because I think this mom wants to be, like, God. Yeah. Word above God. She wants to, she wants to start a cult. I don't know. But it's yeah. nuts. But you see him, like, come out of that and do, like, a full circle. I'm like, oh, my God. You're like a book hero. To watch, <laughs> you really get to watch him grow. And by the end of the yeah. second season, yeah. I was like, yes, Ethan. Fucking yes. <laughs> That's what my dad was telling me. When you said, you were like, oh, tell him to watch this show or whatever. And he was like, oh, I've been watching it. He was like, he said, those parents made him do that. He was like, they pushed this kid into rebelling because of the way they raised them. Well, like, I guess becoming his own person. Like, that's what he said. Rebelled against their idea of what life is. And you can see how logical he is, too, because some of his responses are very, like, thought out 
-hmm. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, one of the things he said something to said, he's like, well, you said such and such. I didn't have no choice. You pushed me out when you said that. He's like, I don't remember saying that. He's like, yeah, it's always the person who says it that doesn't remember and the victim that remembers it. I was like, yeah, wow. That's fucking awesome. And that's why I was like, oh, man. And he, the dad was like, I'm going to go talk to your wife. And he, like, grabbed his dad. He's like, I'm not going nowhere. And I was oh, like, shit. Oh, <laughs> You're like, here we go. <laughs> yes. I was like, yes. <laughs> um, I finished um, Wait For It by Mariana Zapata. Um, I've only got – I'm reading one book now, and I've only got one left <laughs> after this. So before I have read – officially read her entire catalog. So the one I finished was called Wait For It, and I think I mentioned it. It was the one that started out where she had two kids, and I stopped reading it, like, chapter two. I was like, oh, I can't do it. Oh, and somebody told me to keep reading. Yeah, somebody told me to keep reading, and I did. And so it was it was really good. I would say it was right up there with, like, Culty, Wall of Winnipeg, like, really, really good, good story. Very emotional. Not my top three. Like, definitely didn't bump any of those out. But still a really great story. It's about an aunt who gets her nephews and she's raising them. And their family story is so fucking tragic. It's so sad. But like she ends up befriending her neighbor and that's like the relationship. So and and all of these books are safe. Um, The only one that's not so far is Luna and the Lie. Or um, sorry, no, no, no. That one's totally safe. It's... um uh under lock the mc book that's the only one that's not 100 safe it's safe with exceptions because they're not together when it happens but he met her so but the rest of them and that was her very first book so everything since then has been 100 safe so this one is too and the hero is so wonderful and he's so loving to her boys and to her and he's just slow and steady and just I'll wait like it's you know it's called wait for it but and he's like I'll wait for it I'll wait for you we'll wait till it's the perfect time and so it's a great story it's really really emotional it was it was beautiful I loved it and when it was over like I felt sad because I was just like oh my god their family just went through so much tragedy but the end is so beautiful and the kids like in the epilogue like they're so much older Mm -hmm. and you get to see their life together and how they've created this beautiful family dynamic where like he's the dad now and it's just it's so great so after it was over like I said I've got there's one book that I haven't read yet and it's the rock star book and I'm probably not going to because I didn't like the MC book as much and I'm not normally a rock star book person I'm like I'm just not even gonna read that one but the one that I wasn't sure if I was gonna read it is called Lingus and it's about a porn star this girl goes to a porn convention and she meets this porn star and they kind of fall for each other so it is, if you, like, it's definitely, like, um, like, toilet humor. Yeah. Is that the, that like, they talk a lot about, like, poops and farts, and they call each other, like, the, all the girlfriends call each other bitches, and they talk about, like, I don't know, like, farting in front of each other, like, sending each other pics of their poop, like, just, like, weird gross stuff, where I was just like, I don't know, but it's meant to be, like, funny, like, as a joke, and one of them's, like, you know, really bossy and bitchy, and, you know, it's, 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 I could tell, like, it's an older book that she's written, you know, it's not, like, her normal thing, it's a lot shorter than the other ones, but it's been fun, you know, because it's such a departure from the other, like, really heavy, serious book that I just finished, so this is kind of a nice thing to bounce into, so... 
I've only got one book left after that, and it's not in audio, so I'm just going to have to wait until it comes to audio, I guess. <laughs> and then I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm just going to, like, collapse, I guess, because I've read just thousands and thousands of pages in the past month. So I don't I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know. It's going to be – we'll see, I guess. We'll find out. <laughs> just stay tuned. So um, let's talk about Joanna Blake now that we've, like, drugged this out the whole episode. <laughs> So Blake's been around for a long time. Yeah, she is like got, the Jenica Snows and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Been around for a long time. If you go on her Amazon page, it's just like pages and pages of books. Yeah, and a ton of them are Kindle Unlimited. Yeah, like that. That was the first thing I noticed. So if you go to her website too, Joanna J O A N N A Blake B L A K E Romance dot com, um, you can find everything on there. Her her website's beautiful. And um, this is her author bio. Joanna Blake loves good old-fashioned romance, when men who open the doors and work with their hands. Hot-Blooded Heroes is a series of sizzling stories about true blue American men and the women who love them. She's thrilled to be collaborating with Pincushion Press on her new series. Come along for the ride, Joanna. Joanna loves to hear from her fans. Please contact her at joannablakeromance at gmail.com. So, and the book that she's brought us today that we're so excited about is called Jaken. And this is the book bio for it. I've been on the run for years. I never had a reason to take a stand, not until I met her. She's in trouble when I first meet her, a damsel in distress. I can't stop myself from rescuing her, and I lose my heart in the process. I find out everything I can about the girl. She's a survivor, a warrior, raising five siblings on her own, kicking butt and looking great doing so. I set a plan in motion to make her mine, but when she finds out the truth about who I am and where I come from, the house of cards I built falls to pieces. I'm going to have to come clean and clear my name once and for all. The question is, even if I can fix the past, am I good enough for an angel like her? Awesome. It sounds so good. I know. I love it. Her so, heroes tend to be very, like, obsessed. They fall quickly, mm-hmm. all in kind of thing. Yeah, and I think that's what this is, too. I mean, I'm so excited to listen to it. She was super excited about sending it in so fast. She was like, this is so fun. So she said, I work great with a deadline, and she really did. <laughs> She's like, when's my deadline? I was like, yesterday. <laughs> but um, I asked her about, you know, giveaways and what should we promo and all this stuff, and she said, I'm on the verge of releasing my mafia book, Black Hearted. It Ooh. should be out by the end of the week, so it will be live now. Um... Let's see. Uh, she's got uh, MC series and she's got that. She's okay. got all kinds of series, guys. You can really dig through her back mm-hmm. blacklist and find football, high school, preacher. There is just everything you're in there. So it's like a whole wheelhouse you can go through and look mm-hmm. to find what you're and looking for. I think this book, Jaken, spins from her Untouchables. Um, she said she was going to do a giveaway, I think, with paperbacks. Um, Sweet and Vicious is a mafia book. And then she said something from the Untouchable series since they just heard Jaken, which so I'm assuming that maybe this all goes together on that. Um, to find out more about her series, her releases, um, giveaways, everything you want, you can go in her Facebook group. It's called Blake's Bombshells. So I'll link uh, it I mean, in the show notes for you guys. Yeah. Yeah. We'll definitely put that on there so you can see where to go find her. So let's send them into the first installment. All right. We'll see you guys on the other side. This is Jaken by Joanna Blake. Read for you by James R. Cheatham. 
Jakin. I've been on the run for years. I never had a reason to take a stand, not until I met her. She's in trouble when I first meet her, a damsel in distress. I can't stop myself from rescuing her, and I lose my heart in the process. I find out everything I can about the girl. She's a survivor, a warrior, raising five siblings on her own, kicking butt, and looking great doing so. I set a plan in motion to make her mine. But when she finds out the truth about who I am and where I came from, the house of cards I built falls to pieces. I'm going to have to come clean and clear my name once and for all. The question is, even if I can fix the past, am I good enough for an angel like her? Three days ago. I smashed my fist into her face as my heel lifted and stomped down another of the bikers coming up behind me. The Hellraisers were shouting something about saying her first as I pummeled them into the ground. Hell no, they did not see her first. I'd been watching the petite brunette beauty all night. I hadn't been able to take my eyes off her. That was the only reason she was safe. I followed her outside. I'd seen her valiantly fight them off, and I'd stepped in to help when she needed assistance. And then she kissed me, kissed my cheek and just walked away, as if she wasn't walking away with my heart. I stood in the back garden of the hotel, wondering what the hell had just happened to me. I could still feel the girl's incredibly soft lips on my cheek after her whispered, Thank you. I could still smell her. She smelled like pumpkin pie, a warm smell with hints of vanilla, cloves, and woman. Fuck me, I growled. I hadn't been interested in a woman in years, not since I came to the States. And even back home in Ireland, it had been a passing interest. A general urge, not focused on any one woman in particular. I didn't like this feeling. Not one fucking bit. Particularly because the lady in question was far too good for the likes of me. She probably had a boyfriend. Or worse she had a husband. But it didn't matter. I had a very strong feeling that I wouldn't be able to stay away. I could still see her fighting off her attackers, the disreputable hellraisers who'd crossed Hunter's wedding, the bastards who had dared to touch her without permission. I had watched in awe as she fought back, until I realized she didn't stand a chance. Then I rushed in to save her, and I lost my heart completely in the process. To that end, I needed to find out as much as I could about her. I texted Mason and Kane to meet me outside. I rolled my eyes when Hunter, Vice, Trace, and Preacher followed them out to the hotel a few short minutes later. It was like that line from my favorite movie, Aliens. It looked like a goddamn town meeting. But with bikers, not colonists on a faraway world. Shouldn't you be back at your wedding? I'm about to disappear for the rest of the damn weekend. But I wanted to hear this, Hunter said with a smirk. I have a feeling I know what it's about. The girl. I said, and he nodded. The girl. The event planner? I nodded to Mason's question. Kane looked thoughtful. Trace already knew exactly what I was after. What do you want to know? 
Everything. He smirked at me and cracked his knuckles. On it. I'm not leaving until I know she's home safely. Kane tilted his head to the side. Following the girl home won't be the best way to impress her at this juncture. I know. That's why you are doing it. Not tonight, I'm not, he growled. Me and the lady have plans. Don't look at me, Preacher cackled. My old lady is pregnant. I need the rubber feet. Yeah, right. I'm sure it is her feet you'll be rubbing, Vice said with an eye roll. He'd had his eye on Cynthia before Preacher locked her down. They still sounded a little bit envious. Get dark, Mason said slowly, considering one of the few razors we liked and respected. He's not too shit-faced. Yet. On it, Hunter said, turning to go inside. He can't say no to me on my wedding night. I relaxed a little, staring at my tribe of unlikely brothers. Thanks, guys, I muttered. I... This is all so fucking weird. You got bit, Kane said, cracking a smile. He was always amazed when he did that. The man looked like he was made of stone. It was fucking spooky. Bit? By the love bug, Mason said with a wink. Come on, I'll buy you a drink. Drinks around the house, I grumbled. He just smiled and shook his head. I followed him back inside hoping for a glimpse of the girl again. I didn't see her, but I knew she would be getting home safe tonight. I wasn't leaving until I saw Doc ride off behind her car. A hatchback or something cute, I assumed. I hugged the wall, keeping an eye out. Finally, she appeared. She looked around with a bright smile. I could tell her professional demeanor was a front, but a well-executed one. She was tired. She had to be. After all, she'd just fought off tree attackers. With a little help from me, of course. But she must be shaken up. I wanted to know how she did that. How she kept going. Where she had learned to fight. I wanted to know everything. I wanted to be everything to her. I wanted it all. I followed her at a distance as she walked across the parking lot. Those high heels clicking as she looked around warily. Good girl. She was keeping an eye out and staying under the lights. She moved swiftly and alertly. A little thing like her had to be careful, especially looking the way she did. I almost smiled as she approached her car. I was right. She drove a hatchback. But my smile turned into a frown as she climbed into the beat-up old car. I noticed she was limping a bit. It was furious all over again as I saw her sit down, the cracks in her brittle shell beginning to show. What did it cost her to pretend like that? She rested her face in her hands for a moment, but only a moment. I watched as she opened her eyes, looking around quickly to make sure no one had seen her. Doc nodded to me as he climbed on his ride and waited for her to pull out. I swallowed as they drove away. It almost hurt to let her leave, but this wasn't the end. It couldn't be. Either way, I knew I would be getting to know her a whole lot better soon. I wanted to help her. I wanted to hold her close and keep her safe. But more than anything, I wanted to be worthy of her. And that last thing would be a goddamn miracle. Chapter One Jakin You ready for this? 
Give it to me straight. Voice grinned as Trace slid a folder across the desk. You're gonna love this. She's ripe for the plucking. He won't love it, Kane said calmly. Trace gave him a look that said he agreed with the big man. I ignored all three of them. I only had eyes for her. The folder was full of pictures of her. Her name was printed neatly across the top of each image. Each shatteringly beautiful picture. Colleen. Of course that was her name. My grandmother had been Colleen. She was one of the strongest women I knew. It felt like a signpost, like a message from beyond the veil. Like Nan was reaching out and smacking me upside the head and telling me to get my life together. To be worthy of her namesake. The good lord knew I had a long way to go for that. My grandmother had done more than raise me. She'd made me into the man I was today. Heaven above knew my mother hadn't taken much interest in the job after my father passed away. She'd wanted me to risk life and limb in a senseless war that had plagued our country for so long. The streets had all run with blood at one time or another. Nan had taught me that there was good in everyone, and to try and see that, but also to look out for the bad, to listen to your heart and follow your dreams, but to trust your gut. My gut was the reason I was in my current state of affairs. In the wind, so to speak. If my lizard brain hadn't alerted me to the trouble about to go down, I wouldn't have stopped it. And my fingerprints would not have been found at the scene of the crime. It was too bad that Nan hadn't been able to do shite with my baby brother. But that was a different story. Or maybe it wasn't. I was looking out for the little bastard, even after all these years. My relationship with Brian was the reason I knew I wasn't good enough for a girl like Colleen. A man on the run from the law would never be good enough for the likes of her. Not even close. Even if I had angel wings and a halo. But she was the one who looked like an angel. I thumbed through some photos of her. She was unguarded in most of them. Not like she was at work. She looked sad, pensive. I turned to the first page of the report and it became clear why. I leaned forward, reading with a sinking feeling yet respect and awe for the woman I'd set my sights on. The eldest of six, Colleen and her siblings had lost their mother young. She'd picked up the slack, raising all five kids single-handedly. Their father was a drunk who came and went from the trailer they lived in and prison at regular intervals. Colleen didn't let that stop her. She'd gone to court for custody of the kids at the tender age of 16, emancipated herself, and proven that she could take care of them. As soon as she could, she moved them all to a modest rental home on the outskirts of town where they lived what looked like a wholesome life. The kids were all doing well, for the most part. Good grades, sports, and after-school jobs. Her sister had recently won a scholarship and started college just a few months before. But Colleen hadn't had her chance yet. That didn't mean she wasn't trying. She was taking college courses at night, just one class a semester. But with her work schedule and responsibilities, it was a wonder she could do even that. Somehow, Trace had found her high school guidance counselor's notes on her. Unsurprisingly, her aptitude scores were off the chart. The girl was smart as a whip. 
She was not on social media. She had not had a single boyfriend, hobby, or moment of free time since she was 12 years old. The only thing close to recreation in her life was her participation in self-defense classes. There was a darker story there. I could sense it. But when I turned the page, the rest of the file was empty. I leaned back in my seat. You were both right. I don't like it, but it gives you hope. I nodded. This beautiful girl needed backup. She needed someone to help her, to shoulder the burden, to soften her, to love her. She needed me. I could see it plain as day. I just had to make sure she knew it too. And I had to fix my life to make sure I was good enough for her. Or, if not good enough, at least not dangerous to her. I had to clear my name. I need something. A new identity. Yeah, you fucking do, Vice said with a laugh. That fucker thought everything was funny. He was almost as big a pain in the ass as Lucky from the Devil's Riders down the coast. Trace and Kane, however, looked serious. You need to go back and clear your name. That's what this girl deserves, Kane said. No way, Trace said. He'll get nabbed. I saw the file. <laughs> Kane said, his eyes telling me to man up. I had sworn I would never go back, never get caught up in the toxic quagmire that pitted neighbor versus neighbor based on orange and green. That turned my brother, school chums, and cousins into criminals. Everyone was sour down there. Everything. Wildflowers didn't grow in the cracks on the streets of Dublin anymore. My family were a bunch of reckless, hot-headed hoodlums, criminals. The same criminals who had let me take the fall for their crimes and were roaming around free while I was exiled halfway across the world. All for trying to stop them from doing something so dangerous and inconceivable that it still boggled my mind to this day. She already knows I'm a bartender, I said, instead of voicing the turmoil inside me. The bitterness, the regret. I told her. So fucking what? You're the best damn bartender I've ever met. Let her know you were a bartender with goals. I know you can fix anything with gears and wheels. Never mind the wood carving you've done. He's right, man. You're a true artist. You've been laying low for other reasons, right? Kane finally said. Right. So stop laying low. It's time for an upgrade. And you're going to have to lay a trap, Trace said. And I knew he was right. I had to be smart about getting Colleen to be mine. I had to be smarter than I'd ever been before. I knew firsthand that the road to hell was paved with good intentions. Where should we start? Chapter 2 Colleen Can we stay a little longer, please? Lana asked a plaintive look on her sweet face. She didn't ask for much. I was tempted to say yes. Ice cream! Jesse screamed as a vendor rolled his cart by the playground, his cherubic blonde curls a stark contrast to the utter greed in his bright blue eyes. I sighed, closing my textbook. It was a beautiful summer day, the kind most people would be enjoying, but not me. I was annoyed with myself and worried about all the 50 balls I had in the air. 
I had tried and failed to study. My leg was paining me, and it was time to head home and make supper. I cursed myself for not being able to focus on anything, not since that night, not since that insanely good-looking man had come out of nowhere and rescued me. I hated that I had needed his help. I hated that I couldn't protect myself. I hated feeling weak, and I had no time for gorgeous men who acted like white knights. I didn't believe in fairy tales. I never had. But his eyes, the soft green and gray of them, his handsome face and strong body, his entire demeanor had made me want the kind of things that were dangerous for someone like me to even think about. Romance, kissing, white picket fences. These were the kinds of things other young girls daydreamed about. Girls who didn't have five siblings to raise, who didn't have to keep a roof over one's head, who had a mother and a father to look after them instead of having to look after everyone else. Girls who didn't know deep down that they had to build their own damned fences and paint them too. No complaining, I told myself sternly. You don't have time for it. And no mooning over handsome strangers either. Sorry, no ice cream today. We should get going. I want ice cream, Jesse hollered even louder this time. The other moms looked our way, took one look at my brother, then at me. They all frowned. I knew what they were thinking. It was clear as day. It was what everyone thought when they saw me with my siblings. Teen mom. One of those girls who dropped out of high school to have a baby. One of the ones who got caught with their pants down and would never amount to anything. She'd never be anything other than a baby maker. They'd be right and wrong every damned time. I was a teen mom. I was struggling to make something of myself, but I hadn't done this to myself and I certainly hadn't done it to get on some television show on MTV. Never mind the fact that I'd never even been kissed. I sighed and stood, stowing my textbook in my backpack. Sorry, it's too close to dinner, and we have some ice cream at home. Ugh, tastes bad, Jesse muttered. He was right. I'd bought some ice cream on sale, and it wasn't exactly, um, flavorful. But we couldn't afford the premium brands. Not yet. Someday, though, I'd treat us all to dinner out once a week. I'd buy organic. I'd have white linen sheets and perfume for behind my ears. And there would be mountains of presents for birthdays and Christmas. Christmas with a giant, fresh fir tree that made the whole house smell good. Hey, a voice said. I nearly jumped out of my skin when I saw who it was. It was him. The guy from the wedding. The biker? Or was he? No, he was a bartender. He told me so in that musical Irish lilt. For a second, I doubted my sanity. Was I seeing things? Was this a prank? It was as if I'd conjured him up with my mind. Somehow, when I had imagined a Christmas tree, he'd been there too, putting the star on top because I couldn't reach. And when I thought about white picket fences, he was the one walking up to the front door and shouting, Honey, I'm home. Dear Lord, he's even prettier than I remembered. Say something, woman. Um, hi. He just smiled at me, looking altogether too handsome to be real. Jagan, I remember. Ugh, shut up, Colleen. I'm Colleen, 
It's nice to meet you, Colleen, he said, sounding adorably formal. Did I hear someone say ice cream? He asked with a lopsided grin that made my heart flutter. Oh, well, we were just ice cream! Jesse screamed deliriously. The boy really needed to learn to modulate his voice. He was six, not three. Thankfully, Lana behaved with far more decorum. We were just talking about the quality of ice cream served at home. I see. And would you like some? My treat, he added, giving me a quick look. If that's all right with your mother? Sister, I corrected him, feeling mortified and charmed all at once, and suspicious. Why was this beautiful man paying attention to me? Where in God's name had he come from? Is it? He prompted. All right. We really shouldn't. Please! Jesse screamed. He acted like he was starving. I knew perfectly well that he'd devoured two sandwiches and a bag of cheese doodles for lunch. Pretty please? Little Lana asked. I stared at her. She was already eight, but so small for her size, and she rarely asked for anything. All right, I said, giving in, but just one scoop. Deal, the kids shouted in unison. I shook my head and followed them to the cart, Jakin walking by my side. He was tall, I mused to myself, big and strong, but I didn't feel nervous around him. I didn't even think about the fact that he could hurt me if he wanted to. The sneaky, scared thought was always close to the surface when I was around men. I was so short. I knew that a lot of men couldn't be trusted not to get rough. I didn't trust people, and men in particular. But my alarm bells were not going off. Not even a little. Do you live near here? I asked as I licked the chocolate ice cream he'd insisted on buying me. Two scoops for me, he had decreed. It was more dessert than I ever had, other than leftover wedding cake from time to time at the hotel where I worked. No, but I'm looking for a place. What are the chances we would see each other again? He just smiled and took a bite of his cone as we walked, trailing the kids who had already gobbled their cones up. Do you mind if I walk with you? He asked as we got closer to the edge of the park. I was suddenly embarrassed. Our house wasn't anything special. At least it's not the trailer park, I told myself. He was a stranger. I would usually be nervous if someone asked to walk me home, but he rescued you, my internal voice argued. He saved you. All right, I said, wondering if I was out of my mind. That would be nice. Are you sure? He asked with a frown. You hesitated. No, I said firmly. I meant it. That would be nice. And as we walked the half mile back to our house, it really was. Chapter 3 Jakin It felt so natural, so easy walking beside the most beautiful girl in the world. Don't fuck this up, I reminded myself. Let her lead the way home. You're not supposed to know where she lives. Coming off like a crazy stalker was not how I wanted to start this. She was wary, with good reason. I had to move slowly and carefully, 
the way you did when you wanted to catch a stray cat. Not that this girl was a stray cat. A thoroughbred, maybe, if you were using earthbound creatures for comparison. But really, she was more like an angel. I glanced down to make sure her feet were actually touching the ground. Pretty, I said when I saw her house. The photo Trace gave me had been taken in winter, but it was summer now, and I could see the car she and the kids put into the front yard. The neighborhood was nothing special, but their house stood out. There were flowers along the front walk and neatly trimmed bushes under the windows, which sparkled, unsurprisingly. Her cleanliness and the rules she imposed on the kids were well documented in the file. Miss Colleen ran a tight ship. Of that I had no doubt. Want to come in? Lana asked, shooting a nervous look at her sister. I bit back a smile. I could tell the little miss had a case of hero worship. It was adorable. The way the kids were chattering to me and showing off made me feel about ten feet tall. We are about to make dinner, Colleen said, trailing off. I knew she didn't date. I knew she had less of a clue how to handle what was happening between us than I did. As a man, I knew what to do. For the first time in my life, I felt the need to win her over. Not as a prize, but as a reason for living. I had a reason to do more than simply survive. I wanted to thrive. For her. But if I told her all that, she would run for the hills. I can help, I offered. Or leave you with it. Help! Help! The kids shouted as Colleen bit her lip in indecision. Seeing her white teeth press into those juicy lips sent a bolt of pure lust through me. I had to leave or I would be in danger of pouncing on her. Not yet, Tiger. Hold your damned horses. I don't want to impose. Hey, Collie? Colleen glared at a pretty girl who ran up the path. Her sister, Penny, I assumed. She was trailed by a group of four other college-aged girls, all kissing Colleen and prancing inside the house. She wasn't much older than them, but it was clear that they all looked up to her. It was also clear that she now had more mouths to feed. Eh, how do you feel about pizza? I offered, thinking she could use a break. Pizza? Her little brother Jesse yelled. The kid didn't seem to have an off button. I smiled. I liked the little guy. We, uh, I can go pick it up. I know a great place around here. All the guys went to Ma's, an old Italian place run by a woman affectionately known as Ma to the Untouchables. I wasn't even sure of her real name or the name of the joint. We all went there. I can't ask you to feed all these maniacs, she said warily as four more kids ran out of the house. Clearly, her siblings were not sensitive to the fact that having friends over around dinner time was putting stress on their sister's sanity and her wallet. I like maniacs, and I hate eating alone, I added, hoping to appeal to her nurturing side. I was right. That did it. She smiled in relief. She'd clearly been looking for a reason to say yes. That would be great. Any special requests? I asked, trying not to fall into her huge blue eyes. She hesitated. I could tell she wasn't used to anyone looking after her. I planned to do a lot of that going forward. Soda? No soda! 
she practically shouted over the moans of the kids. They had known she wouldn't let them have soda. I made a mental note not to let her siblings trick me into breaking her rules. I'll make iced tea, she added primly. I hid a smile. Back in two shakes of a lamb's tail, I said, jogging down the block toward Mars. I called ahead and ordered five pies, asking her to make one plain and give the rest a variety of the works. She asked who it was for, and once I told her, she was off to the races. A girl, huh? was her greeting as I strolled in. I had no idea whether she was actually Italian or not, but the white-haired woman was tiny, adorable, and smart as a whip. And she sure could cook. Irish, she said affectionately. Come give me a kiss. I bust her cheek, and she squeezed mine, giving me a noisy kiss. Do a handsome for your own good, she declared, finally releasing me. Now who is this lady who is stealing my guy? She'd better be good enough. She is, but it's new. First date. Five pies for the first date? She asked, giving me the stink eye. How tall is she? I laughed and shook my head. Of course Ma would think my date was a big girl and approve of that as well. She has a lot of kids. Siblings. Ah, kids, eh? She asked grabbing some plastic-wrapped rubber toys from under the counter and shoving them toward me. Put these in your pockets and they will love you forever. Thanks, Ma. We decided to upgrade the side salads to the fanciest salad she could make, with all kinds of Italian goodies on top, and then she went even further. Ma threw in some cannolis and cheesecake, too. Ma, you shouldn't have. I can barely carry all this. You will do just the fine, she said giving my butt a slap. Now we'll go and get her. The pizza was a hit. So was the salad, especially with the college girls. And the toys kept Jessie from hollering for a full half an hour. Nobody even asked for dessert. Finally, Colleen and I sat at the front porch and shared some of the sweet stuff. We watched the kids play in the yard as the sun went down, and the background noise of happy squeals, giggling girls, TV and some sort of dad song on repeat. Sitting there with her like that, I could see a different kind of life for myself. A life with her at the center of it. A life worth living. She stretched and started cleaning up the porch, accidentally knocking part of the railing over. She sighed and started putting it back together with the air of someone who had done it a hundred times. Need help with any of that? I am pretty handy, I offered looking around and seeing all kinds of things that could be fixed up. Her landlord didn't exactly take good care of the place. She was doing her best, but I could see it wasn't enough. Oh, thank you. Hi. She yawned and looked horrified as she slapped a hand over her mouth. Maybe another time. I could come back and see you on Saturday. I have a wedding this weekend. No bikers this time, she joked. Good, I said seriously standing to face her. What about Sunday? Yes, she said shyly. I could do something on Sunday. I looked down into her beautiful face. I resisted the urge to run my hands up and down her arms. I would do that and more, but not yet. I was 100% sure the girl was a virgin. 
She wasn't going to toss her skirt over her head on the first date, even if I wanted her to. And I did want her to. More than anything. But more than my own selfish desires, I wanted her to be happy. And I wanted her to be happy with me. Rushing things wasn't going to accomplish that. I reached out and took her hand, giving it a gentle squeeze. Till Sunday then. And then I did the hardest thing I'd done in my life to date. It felt unnatural to leave when every fibre of my being wanted to stay. I walked away. Welcome back. Hi, thanks for joining us. <laughs> All right, so you're going to get the second installment on Thursday. So be back here, same bat time, same bat channel. Don't forget to enter this week's giveaway. You know, go follow Joanna Blake and we'll check our social media. We'll have everything up for her newest release and the series that I'm is excited connected. for a mafia series. I know. Now you said that, I'm going to go. I know. I know. So, that. yeah, it's actually when she sent me this, I think she said it'll be available this week. So you should be able to okay. get it in a awesome. couple of days. Yeah. So awesome. Right. Well, tell them what to do. Fuck your day up. Make today your bitch. Don't be a dick. Bye, Bye. guys. Read me romance. Read, read me romance. Read me romance. Read, read me romance. You could take a look in a book, that's fine. Or you could sit back, relax, and unwind.